Hey there, cats and kittens, and welcome to episode nine of Bang on the Strillers, the podcast where I, rock cabaret singer-songwriter Geraldine Quinn, chat to various members of the cabaret, drag, burlesque, and fringe communities about sweet Fanny Adams. Look it up. It's a reference to swearing. Oh, by the way, while there are not a lot of profanities in this episode, there might be one or two. My guest is music theatre wonderment and cabaret trailblazer Queenie van der Zandt. Now, we didn't swear that much, but we did talk a lot about inappropriate rubbing, ceramic owls, my hoof-like feet, Margaret Fulton, Queenie's slight mental impairment that is medically documented, neuroscience, dream catchers, and how you should not fuck with the Dutch. There, that's one bit of filth out of the way. Now, on with the podcast. I reckon you could bring it a little bit closer. A little bit closer? Yeah, now, now say something. How's that? That's, That's pretty better? good, yeah. I like it. close that door? I'd be happy to have a little bit of ambience. Can you have a listen? You don't have to keep them on. Just have a, have a moment. I know, it's a bit of a wire fest. That's why like my whole house wire is a fest. nest of wires. Oh, my God. Being a musician, isn't it? Oh, who are those people? I've got, I've seriously got the worst memory in history. What's that podcast with the woman from the ABC from the 7.30 Report and the woman who does cooking, I think? Have you heard of that one? Uh, no. The, does the woman who does cooking only cook? I think so. I think that's what she does. They're both famous. I've completely Maggie forgotten. Bear? No, both Australian. Um, Margaret Fulton. She's no, still alive. She's too old. But <laughs> I'm not sure she's too old. If you're listening to this, Margaret Fulton, you're not too old for anything. <laughs> but um, no, just, she's a... She's a oh, Annabelle Crabb. Yeah, that was yeah. She she doesn't only do cooking. She's a political uh, journalist. Yeah, that's right. She goes. Of course, she is, and she cooks with her. She's um, kitchen cabinet. That's the one. That's the one. Yes, my sister told me. Lee Sales. And Lee Sales, thank you very much. That's the one. You've done it. Together, two messed up brains together can still make a whole, and we could still get there. They'd be. Oh, you mean (laughs) the us? Oh, you meant them. Else. Like going, it's like a game of charades trying to remember anything these days. It's hilarious. Is that? A, I talked to my mum about that a few years ago. Gosh, ten years ago probably, and said I don't. I've always prided myself on my memory, and I don't remember things that well anymore. And she said, "You've just got more to remember." And yeah, I went, it's stress. Oh, yeah. yeah, it probably is. It is. Well, I, I have I have great concerns. My mother made me go to the doctor to have a test because she thought that I was actually had a brain tumour because oh. that's how bad my memory is. Oh, no. So she said to me, when I lived in Sydney, and I went to this fantastic doctor that I used to go to, and um, so I said to her, look, you know, my mum has, you know, made me come and do this this uh, test. And so she thinks I've got early onset Alzheimer's. And um, anyway, and so the woman said, look, you, you don't. You're 39. <laughs> But yeah, I'm sure you don't. But let's do the test to put your mum at ease. We can do the test. <laughs> so we did the test. So we sat down. She asked you, who's the Prime Minister? What day is it? You know, blah, blah, blah. And then she says, okay, remember these... Uh, she says, um, listen to these five words. And it was something like, um, you know, mind you, I've remembered them, actually. Now? All this time, all these years later. Because <laughs> I've told this anecdote so many times. But she said it was like apple, pear, table... Penny, oh, I've forgotten the last one, but, oh, you know, no. and something, something penny and paper or something like that. And she said, tell, tell me those. And I said, oh, apple, you know, pear, penny, table and paper. paper. And she was like, right, and then she moved on. And she went, okay, asked me other questions. And then she said, okay, what are those five words again? And I, I could only remember three of them. I just couldn't remember the last two. <laughs> and I was like, oh, gosh. And then she said the last question I remember as well was count backwards in lots of seven from 100. Well, can I just tell you, oh, that was so hard. I was like, 93, we'll try it. Okay, 100, 
93, 86, 79, 72, 65, 50. I wasn't like that at all. I was like this. I was like 93. My mum's a primary school teacher. Oh, well, there you go. But I've always been bad at math. So she said, anyway, we finished the thing and she says, oh, okay. She goes, oh, you weren't that good at the maths one. I was like, oh, I was never good at maths. She said, well, maybe you've got a bit of maths dyslexia and you never really knew and, you know. And so she said, but, you know, she said, it's fine. Let's just, you know, let's just look up the tally, tally the numbers. She said, and you've got one of said, Oh, actually, it does say you've got slight mental impairment. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Anyway, then she was like, oh, Queen, you, you don't, I'm absolutely sure you don't have early onset Alzheimer's. But she said, I'm going to get you to do another test. So I had to go home to this other test. And I had to get my boyfriend at the time and my the woman who was working as my assistant at the time to do it as well. So I had to answer the questions and then they had to answer the questions what they thought. So they could do a comparison? So they could compare, yeah, because she was like, often you're not the best judge. And it was all about how well you relax and how much stress you have. Oh, God. (laughs) So I was like, you know, do you find it easy to relax? I was, yep, yep, you know. Do you find, you know, that you, you know, it was all these questions about basically all that stuff. And my answers differed greatly from my assistant and my boyfriend. They were like, does she relax easily? No. You know, they were like, no, she doesn't. She finds, you know. So I went back to the doctor and they said, it's stress. They said, you actually can't remember things because of stress. And because you have so many different things that you work on um, at the same time. And also there's been studies where um, nowadays people's memories are not developing the same way because you sit on a computer, your mobile goes off. You know, usually in the old in the olden days... Your focus is yeah, so split. Your focus is so split. In the olden days, you used to just do one thing at one time. You'd start an email and you'd finish that email or you'd start a little document, you'd finish that and off it would go. And But now, you'd be starting that email, your phone will ring, your text message will happen, a little thing from Facebook will say you have a message. And just that little tiny break in concentration, it, it does something to the neuroplasma or whatever or create, you know, those little... Those little, what are they called? Those um, neuro... Your synapses. The synapses, something. There's, it's like a river. So, yeah. You know, it's a deep river. Neuroplasticity is what we're talking about. So, yeah, we are. Mm. We're talking about that. It's gone really deep really quickly. No, that's all right. This but, is, uh, my normal conversations are like this. Yeah. <laughs> and so that that kind of... And, the, and those the way you create memories is that curve. So while you're working on a document, it's going... Zhush, it's going down that same pathway over and over again. And it creates a memory. But when it's broken because Facebook... Da-da-da, da-da-da, you're interrupted, something else happens. That, that like, kind of river, that deep river curve or whatever you call it. It's a walk through the snow. So the yeah, snow keeps building. Get, yeah, it doesn't get deep. It gets very, very shallow because it's broken all the time. But and the, then you can't remember it. But the other side of that coin in terms of neuroplasticity is, oh. hey, welcome to a cabaret podcast, <laughs> <laughs> is that if you, if you keep going down the same path all the time, you end up with one very clear road and your mm. maps to other parts of your brain are not as accessible. So that's why it's harder to learn things when you're older, but you can still learn them. It's just harder to get through the snows built up. Yeah, So right. if you do a lot of different things when you from when you're young, um, and I, I think... So good, yeah. Well, I think that because, I mean, you were saying you're terrible at maths, but music's maths. I'm terrible at theory. But, yeah, right. But I don't know whether you do dots very well. I don't read music, but yeah. I, I never was good. I always memorised... 
I couldn't re- I couldn't learn how to read music because I, as when I did try to, yes. I memorised it before I learnt the... Yes, yeah, yeah I'm the same, exactly so the was same. really like, I gave up actually and just went, oh, I can't do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm too good on my ear and now I'm worried because I'll go deaf and I won't be able to do anything, but, <laughs> but so I'm trying to get onto my... <laughs> but also because learning theory um, makes it easier for you to communicate with other musicians. That's so... Uh, but like, so good. It's Elvis, something I like to do actually. Elvis Costello didn't really learn dots properly until he was doing stuff with the Brodsky Quartet and he suddenly had to sort of look at a string quartet yeah, right. and how things and he admitted he just was having to learn sheet music and how to write it out yeah, yeah. and had never done it before but you can and yeah. and we're lucky in that when we're I think because we do things that are all over the place we're probably less likely in spite of my burgeoning and uh, increasingly undeniable alcoholism able to <laughs> um, use our brains in a lot of different ways that may mean that when we're older that we've got a bit of an advantage. I think people who play music God, do languages so. and things like yeah, that. Yeah, right. Have a bit of an advantage in terms of their brains yeah. being more um, flexible. Well, I'm hoping that I'm hoping that because I'm a very curious person and I'm always learning things. I'm always and I'm always really interested in learning things. And I, I always look forward to the day I retire and I go right. Then I can just learn everything. You know, I've got a <laughs> Dulcie Holland 101 music book in there in the shelf for when I I go. One day I'm going to do that. I'm going to start learning <laughs> you know music. I, and especially as soon as I get a bit stressed and think oh, I've got to remember. Like, it just goes. I mean, mm. I can't remember sometimes the names of people that I've been friends with for years. I see them. And if I get panicked in a foyer and I think I have to introduce them, I go, oh! you know, and I've, I've been friends with these people for like 10 years and I think, oh, my God, it's just gone. It's gone because of the the, the, the the stress of it, you know, the anxiety. Or they get muddied with similar sounding things and you kind of go... I've done that. I've done that with a really old friend. <laughs> no, their name was, I don't know, Jonathan and I called them Jeremy and I just was like, I can't believe I just... I know. Did that. It doesn't mean I don't care. And it's hard. No, I know. And the people <laughs> feel that you don't care, but you do care. And you, you know, one thing that's funny is I never forget, I mean, especially with people that, I mean, I've, I remember this hairdresser that I worked with years ago in Boy From Oz. And, and I saw him again then working on, when I was working on the musical Oliver. And he was at stage door. And I just looked at him and I thought, <laughs> I have no, not only do I not know your name, I have no idea where I know you from, but I absolutely felt such love towards him. I went, oh. I just hugged him and I was like and then he came he told me he was coming to work on Oliver and I was just going and so of course someone told me his name and I was like oh yes that's right and then but I still couldn't remember where we knew each other from and I I I, I was so familiar with him that I thought I can't say to him when did we work together you know but um eventually it came out and and he was so offended and I kept saying to him please look at the moment I saw you, I just thought, I love that man. So it's all my... It's got nothing to do with you. It's not to do with the fact that... You know what I mean? It's my own brain affliction, so don't take it personally. Yeah, yeah. it is. And it's hard It's hard not to because yeah. it's happened to me. I think you've it called is. me Jillian before or I something. I have not ever yeah. called you Jillian. Or something like that. Some, no, you've called me something weird. Have uh, I? Yeah. Oh, that's and I so went, bad. Queenie. <laughs> oh, that's so bad. It's Geraldine. Ger- oh, you might Gillian have just looked Cosgrove. at me. You might have just given me a bit of a... Uh, that second, yeah, that second too long where I go... And this is um, where I do the... Ger- oh, Geraldine. in my yeah. throat. It's Geraldine. Transition. Okay, say you're with me, okay, oh, yeah. and we're out and we see... Mike McLeish. Okay. okay. And I've forgotten Mike's name. How could you? How could you? Say that was happening. (laughs) Right? You would have to say, I would, if you were my date to a a thing, I would say, Geraldine, if you see someone, don't say your name. Say to them, 
what's your name? Because if you say that to them, they will immediately respond with their name and then I can just fill in the rest. So you would say, you'd be, we'd see Mike, I'd say, hey, we'd be chatting and then you'd say, I'm sorry, what's your name? And he would go, oh, I'm Mike. And I'd say, oh, sorry, Mike, this is Geraldine. And it would look as if I knew both your names. Well, I do know yours, but, you know, it would look oh, as if Oh, I understand what you... Good. Do. I, I don't know. I think it's... Because if you say, I'm Geraldine, by the way, it leaves a gap for me to go, oh, sorry, yeah, Geraldine, this is... Someone oh, I've yes. forgotten their name. I see. I'm, I'm, I mean? I'm relying on the on Mike <laughs> being polite enough to reply with his name, whereas you think he's a rude bastard. Well, no, it just is that And also moment. you've forgotten the name of the artistic director of the Melbourne Cabaret Festival. I haven't, actually. Uh, you it have. Was, it was just an example. <laughs> And the other thing I do, if if it does go that way, because I'm prepared for all outcomes, like I've given a lot of thought to this because my memory is so bad and I hate offending people. So the other thing I do, if you were to do it that way where you said... I'm Geraldine. I'm Geraldine. I would go, I would flick my neck around as if someone had just called me. I would do that. Um, And I'd go... As if, oh, hi, I'm like looking at someone across the room going, I'll be with you in a second, just so that I'm distracted from that moment and so that <laughs> it kind of gives it, that's what I do. Now I've got images of now you got my, all my fainting in foyers <laughs> all over <laughs> Australia. Oh, she's collapsed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so sad. I've got so many techniques like that to try and but you help work, me. You work with so Terrible. many people. You do workshops and then you're doing musicals and you're doing this and that and oh. the other. Like, there's so many people that you're going to run into again. Oh, and again and all those people I'm not going to remember any of them (laughs) so terrible (laughs) I have had people go you've met me and I was like oh man it happened to me once with um, a comedian who was a younger person who mm. was... What does that mean? The way I'm phrasing myself. So um, y- younger person. No, I mean, they were newer to the scene <laughs> than I was. Yes. And and I was on a panel with them. They were not on my team. It was just a live show. Mm. Um, I met them some months later, was having a discussion with another comedian who I knew better, and this person came up and I think I introduced myself and they went, yes, I know you. I was on a show with you. And I went... What did you look like? What was your hair? And it was a different colour and she didn't have a fringe. And I went, that's why I didn't remember you that one time I met you and I was only on stage with you. Oh, yeah, I don't like the attitude when people do that. It's not good. I don't don't think she realised how shitty it sounded when it came out, (laughs) but she did after I spoke. (laughs) (laughs) She would have. Actually, I saw a guy at an opening night recently and and, uh, and I, I, what do you call that? See, there's my memory again. Were you, were you? Get behind their photographs and you... Photo you bombing. Photo bombing, thank you. I photo bombed him um, just because I was in a funny little mood and I didn't know, I didn't think I knew him. I just thought I'd photo bomb him. <laughs> I stood behind him. And then he sort of said, oh, get out, Queenie, blah, blah, blah. And I thought, oh, you know, I, I, he knows me. He knows or me, I, yeah. I know him. And, and um, so he introduced himself and I said, and I said oh, I'm sorry, so sorry, what's your name? And he went, oh, for God's sake, I've only met you like ten times already. I'm so-and-so's friend and I do this. And I, when that happens, I get quite offended because I think I actually have a mental, I have slight mental impairment <laughs> and it's been clarified by a doctor. <laughs> clarified by a doctor. And that's like you're calling me out for being disabled, so <laughs> fuck off. <laughs> It does not endear people to me when they do that because the thing is I make quite an effort, you know, to make them feel I'll, I'll always be the, I'll be on the, you know, on the lower deck going, I'm so sorry that I, you know, I can't remember you, I'm so sorry. You're, or I'll, 
you no, are just come pretty far from standoffish as a person. Yeah, I'm not standoffish. <laughs> I'm not snobby. I don't make them feel like, oh, well, you're not important to me. I go, oh, I'm so sorry. I haven't. What's your name again? I forgot. You know, I'm really, really like. So when they do that, I'm like, yeah, I just, I might not remember you anymore ever. <laughs> as a choice. As a choice. <laughs> I love self-help, Geraldine. I don't know if you know this about me, but. I haven't spotted any dream catchers in your house yet. <laughs> have you got a dream catcher? Do you know what? I've been wanting to buy a dream catcher, but no, I haven't. I actually don't have oh one. Oh, my goodness. Don't. Please <laughs> don't. don't. <laughs> Just don't. I've got a great idea for my character, Jan van der Stoel, who's this Dutch. If you don't know her, she's a Dutch-Australian. Well, you know her, but anyone that's listening, she's a Dutch-Australian musical therapist. <laughs> And uh, she's, uh, I'm actually doing this show for the Melbourne Comedy Festival. She's very um, funny. As Jan, called I Get the Music in You, uh, An Evening with Jan Vanderstool. Anyway, and one of the ideas we've, I've been writing with my writing partner, Peter J. Casey. Um, Are you writing with Peter? Yeah. Oh, great. Yes, he's fantastic. He's a great songwriter. Yeah. Oh, it's brilliant. Yeah. yeah. No, he's been writing with, with me for years. For, oh, I didn't realise. I didn't make that connection. Yeah. yeah. We went to school together, Pete and I. We went to Canberra. We've, we've known each other since a, we were 17 years old. Well, he's from Wagga and I'm from Wagga. That's right. He lives in Wagga now. Well, yeah. his wife's from Wagga. He's from Canberra, but his wife's from Wagga. Oh, yeah. I think he might know some of my family yeah, too. I think, I'm not sure. Yeah, he would. It's yeah. not big, Wagga. Well, it you is. Is it? Yeah, yeah. It's the largest inland city in Australia. Oh, is it? Sorry. It's had a mention in almost every podcast, embarrassingly. <laughs> anyway, so you've got Sorry, this idea. Sorry, with... I didn't know. I probably knew that at one point, but it's, I've forgotten. It's, kind, it's a city. Yeah. Um, so you've got a new idea for Jan. Oh, yeah, for Jan. So we, we had this idea because we've been coming up with some ideas for her, um, sort of little, you know, little motifs, little things that we can do. And one of the ideas, which I thought was fab- fabulous of Pete's, was um, to have a dream catcher and with the audience catch their dreams. So Jan actually catches their dreams with this dream catcher and then she says what they are because she's quite psychic too, Jan, so she can of course catch she the is. people's... And I just thought that is fantastic because they'd all be really boring. Like she'd been doing it as like this really fantastic, magical kind of thing. But then people's dreams are all really, really boring and she gets quite irritated with the audience so um yeah so for that reason I was going to purchase purchase a a dream catcher that's all right then not for myself okay but yes um I was telling a story but I can't remember what that was anymore see oh you were quite a spiritual person (laughs) oh that's right I'm quite good at the callbacks very good at the callbacks (laughs) see that's not going to be my fault (laughs) I think it's I grew up with seven um the seven of us in my family so if there was ever a conversation there might have been I'm trying to get in, but I'm just going to hold that for a while. That's and also right. being female and surrounded by male comedians, you go, I'll just hold that till there's a gap. And then and I'll now go we're back in. in. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Very good. Yes, well, I was just going to say that there's um, – there is – I can't remember, again, can't the remember spiritual. where I read this, but um, mm-hmm. it's a great thing about um, – Stop sort of patronisingly <laughs> reminding you now. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> oh, I'm used to it. Um, which says don't take anything personally. Like it's just a great way of living. Don't take anything personally because actually most of the time it is not personal. And I know. I take actually, everything personally but I know it's it shouldn't. It's exhausting. I know. I know. I'm a very tired person. <laughs> I didn't say it was right. I just... Well, it's a great thing. Go. You can take that on as you leave the house today. You can think, right, for the rest of the day, I'm going to try not to take anything personally. It's such a great way to live when you actually remind yourself when you get offended think, 
I'm not going to take that personally because most likely it's not about me, which is actually nearly 100% true. See, now, see, the flip side to taking everything personally is I'm terrified of offending everyone. So I'm constantly apologising at the same time. And then when I actually do really offend someone, I've got no idea that I've done it. Yes, yes. Well, so, often that's the case, isn't it? That's right. Yes. Well, it's up to them to tell you, I always think, you know. Yeah. If they have. I'm lucky. I have some, I have some friends who are quite good at uh, going... Giving me a bit of a careful. careful. <laughs> yeah, going, yeah. Oh, shit, I didn't mean like that. <laughs> You're on the edge. That's right. Transition. So many people in the arts, even when it's business dealings, you say kiss, like we're all kissy people, you know. Mm. And then every now and then I'll like, you know, write an email to the bank or something and I put a kiss and I send it and I think, no, oh, uh, that's gone. Oh. That's gone. That's happened. Oh, well, I've kissed some random back teller. <laughs> <laughs> It's very embarrassing. But then you think, oh, well, they know we're in the arts, so, you know, we can get away with it. It's a funny kind of balance. I've never been a very touchy person. Like, I don't like touching a lot. No. That, those alarming noises are a large That's dog. That's the dog. Coda, go and sit down, honey. That's all right. Uh, but I got better at it. Yes. And then and now I've got a weird line. So there are some people <laughs> that I just go, yeah, not you. Not you, yes, right. Not you. Because we had a nice hug when you came in. But I've probably known full, you for ten body, years. Full body hug, which was nice. But um, but the other day, somebody I sat down somewhere and they kind of touched me on the hip, and I was like, no, not <laughs> not that. Well, the hip's quite yeah, that's quite intimate, isn't it? Yeah, I did an office job. Um, the last temp job I got, which was over a year ago, I've been hideously unemployed, and I was just doing data entry, and there was one worker there, and I feel. Uh, awkward about the fact that I have to specify this was a woman right? who touched me so much. It was really like rubbing. Oh. Rubbing, coming up and going and talking. talking to rubbers. How, you know, how pretty I was and and rubbing me and hugs and I gave me a Christmas present. It was very strange. Mm. Strange. I wasn't comfortable with it. No, I'm not comfortable with huggers in general. Uh, like t- rubbers, I would say. I'd call them rubbers. Rubbing well. my forearm, yeah. like the whole length of my forearm yeah. and my shoulder and she'd come up behind yeah. me and I'd be like, Jeez. Well, even in a, in a show, you know, if you have a rubber, I always go, mm. I'm very touchy-feely myself. Like I'm very tactile. But, but rubbing is a different sort of thing. Rubbing kind of really... Yes. It's a, <laughs> it takes us to a whole other level. Transition. I love I love directness. I, I, I really, really enjoy it because, I mean, well, firstly, I suppose I'm very used to it because I have Dutch parents and, you know, Dutch people are unbelievably direct. I mean, it is actually written, it's been written about them as a culture. Really? Like, mm, they are brutal with their honesty. They just say anything that comes into their mind, they don't have a filter at all, you know. And um, it's a really good thing to know about people if you know that they are from that culture because you think, okay, that's their way. It's not actually personal. It's not. They're not angry. They're not anything. They're literally just, as you said, getting shit done. They're just speaking what they think. Um, but it can be, you know, I have had to say to my parents on occasion, you, you know, you don't have to say everything that comes through your mind. You know, it's really okay just to have some of those thoughts to yourself. You know, because it's incredibly opinionated. Like they've got an opinion on everything, as do I. But um, you know, I I do try myself to monitor a little bit more about you know what I say, but. But I love directness because, um, you know, my friends, I know, I know I've said this about me before, that you just always know where you stand with mm. me. There's never a moment where you go, oh, 
is she saying that for real or she's not or does she, is she upset with me or like if I'm upset you'll absolutely know I'm upset because I'll say I feel really upset you know I'll just say it. I won't be you know what I mean like I'll just come out and say if someone's touching me and I don't like it I'll say oh, I'm sorry that makes me feel really uncomfortable could you not do that anymore like I just you know I just come out and say what I think but it is it is hard because people yeah people take offense at it quite a lot you know yeah but when you get used to it and you understand also that there's no bite behind it like people that are really direct you never feel that feeling of like oh what are they going to do to me I think they're you know some people you just go I, I don't trust you you're always really nice to me but I know that at times you've been pissed off or you've and you just feel like I'm not sure um but people yeah people don't have that because they they know once it's done it's done and you know, I don't hold a grudge and I'm just going, this is where I'm at and that's that. So yes. it's quite, it's quite in, that, in, in one sense, it's quite comforting because you don't have that sense of yes. not knowing where you stand. Yeah, I remember um, I, like it. I went up to, I was doing some volunteering. I tend to just chat to people and they were the ticket people. Oh, yeah. And I was sort of, I just came up and did a bit of, you know, banter. Yeah. And one of them with an extraordinary haircut and very bold glasses, a young woman was quite taken aback and like, and I said, it's okay, I'm not going to bite you, I'm actually a volunteer here. Um, I was just interacting with you as a yeah. human being. And I do say that to people and sometimes <laughs> like, it's just human interaction, you don't have to jump out of your skin, it's fine. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't threaten her. I wasn't aggressive. I was just being chatty yeah. uh, and then said, explained where I was. Yeah. And she went, oh, I'm getting a really stressed vibe off of you. And I was like, oh, man, I'm, uh, yeah, you weren't, but you're about to. Because it was this really kind of, oh, okay, well, what's your problem? And that makes me crazy mm. when people just are like, oh, geez, okay, calm down. It's that calm down thing. Yes, and you're going, yeah. I didn't do, I wasn't. Uncalm. I might be more intense than you're used to. Yes. But that doesn't mean I'm stressed. Yes. Do you think maybe that might have been you? Yes. Well, you see, this is a great way of using. Not taking it personally. Don't take it personally and go, oh, wow, that person's got something going on and going, hey, cool. See you later. And just leave him. She wouldn't let it go, though. She wouldn't let it go. I said, that's okay. I'm 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 a. yeah. Volunteer here. I'm just yeah, yeah. one of the tour guide thing. I was just trying to find out when this was open. She's like, oh, okay. And she just kept it up. So she should have, she, she needed more. Yes. She no. could have also practiced. Don't okay. take it personally. I know. It's hard. Oh. It's hard. <laughs> <laughs> but that thing, it does, because obviously, so sometimes, even when people put it back on you, you can still go, that's actually about you. That's actually about you. I'm still not going to take that personally because you are projecting that onto me. Her going, oh, my God, you're being all stressy. That actually does sound like that's very personal. But actually that's just about her vibe. If she can't, she can't match the energy or she's feeling like, you know, it's actually about her. So I got on the tram once <laughs> yeah. and I had a lot of stuff like I often do. Oh, yeah. And a woman uh, um, accidentally I brushed her with one of my bags oh, right. or cut her off or something like that and she got very huffy at me yeah. and I then realised what had happened and turned around and profusely apologised yeah, right. and she ignored me and I said, I need to know that you've accepted, do you accept my apology? I'm yes. genuinely, I, di- I genuinely did not know that you were there and I wasn't aggressive about it and she thought for a beat and then went, no, no, I don't accept your apology. <laughs> so what do I do there? Well, in that, in that situation, if, if we were practising don't take it personally, I would... <laughs> Probably suggest that. Tell me in your in your Jan in, voice. Okay. 
<laughs> well, Geraldine, <laughs> what I would say to you in that moment would be probably that when you brush her, right, you didn't know that, so that was not really your fault, and then she got upset, then you were aware of it, and so you turn around and you say sorry, and if she ignores you, that is her problem and that's where it ends. And you don't take that personally because you think, oh, well, she's having a bad day. I'm just going to sit down. Because you cleaned your side of the street. In that <laughs> moment, you cleaned it. When you said sorry, yours was clean. And anything else that happens after that, that was her bullshit. Sorry for the listeners. No, it's right. swear word. It's quite a profane podcast <laughs> most of the time. Although I, Thanks, might, Jen. I, Thank might, you. I might bleep yours because you might have younger people listening to it. <laughs> I don't know. That was no. great. Yeah. That only happened a few years ago. I'm fine now. <laughs> a few years ago. <laughs> <laughs> I hang on to oh, things. Yeah. <laughs> it's good that you're letting it all go, oh, isn't I, it? No I, wonder you drink. No, oh, I know. <laughs> Transition. Oh, look. I, Geraldine, I recommend self-help. This is where I get all of my fantastic... So, All my fantastic work from. That's where I got Jam Bannister from. So there's a um, there's a <laughs> shop that's opened up near me. On, yeah. On um, I won't say what road it is. Uh, <laughs> that is all those things. Like I love it's those shops. tarot and psychics. It's oh, really I love bizarre. those shops. It's bizarre. Oh, I love them. Really? I find them very very calm when you walk into them. It's lovely. I don't know how many <laughs> ceramic owls anyone needs. <laughs> But you could get a dream catcher there for sure. Oh, for sure. I just see shyster. Look, there is so much shyster in that world, which is well, which is why I started, you know, which is why I started um, doing Jan because I think it's I think it's one of the worst um, areas where you can be a shyster because people are so incredibly vulnerable when they come to a self help course or they read a self help book That's or right. they listen to a self help podcast. They are. Most people would never do that until it's like absolutely they're at their lowest point in their life. Yeah. So to then be knowingly offering something that's kind of bullshit, you know, yeah. I just think it's just one of the worst things ever. So, so for all my love of self-help, you know, having said that over the years, you know, I, there's very few things I've never gotten something out of. Like, mm. I've, you know, I've done lots of courses and, and read lots of books and, you know, done therapy and all those sorts of things and it's been like everything has added such value but there's this element to my brain that when I go along to things and I think oh if you weren't into this like this would be so weird you know like I have this moment where I think oh my god that would just be fantastic to actually take the piss out of because if you did this just from a different angle oh my god it's it's a it's hilarious and anyone who's so And however, whatever people think of me as a person, and I know that the, my reputation is checkered. Um, <laughs> checkered, I love that. <laughs> um, I, anything that smacks of someone taking advantage of somebody else, mm. more vulnerable than them, I can't. Makes me furious. Oh, oh no, awful. take it personally. Oh, you take it personally. <laughs> On behalf of everyone. Well, when I was doing Jan, that, that I get the music in you. Um, at the ensemble years ago, because um, this show is now this is tenth year anniversary of this show. Yeah, it's been around for a while. And so um, when it was on the ensemble in two thousand eight, um, there was a woman that was working there <clears throat> at the box office, and um, I came in, and uh, she was on crutches. She had both her feet bound up in wrap in bandages, and I went, oh, I said, "What happened to you?" And she went, "No." She went, I've, "I went to the." Um, 
I, you... I just went to, Anthe- to the um, Tony Robbins course over the weekend for eye walking oh. and, I bur- and I burned my feet. And I said, what? I said, what happened? She was like, oh, well, you know, I just think, um, I just think I wasn't ready. Like, I just wasn't in the zone, you know. And so I, and I went, oh, I said, I don't think it can be your fault. Seriously. And she was like, no, no. She was like, well, you know, they did put the new coals on just before my whole row went. And actually, yeah, we all, we actually all burnt our feet, the whole row and the row behind us. Um, so we all ended up in the hospital. And I was like, um, okay, can I just, do it? let's break this down then for you. Like, both rows, you think it's actually feasible that all those rows just weren't actually in the right zone I said quite obviously those coals were too hot yeah and that's why you burnt your feet and I said you got she said yeah there's about 200 people at the hospital with burnt feet no way I kid you not and um that's amazing isn't that appalling and she said and I said well you've got to, you've got to sue him or something that's terrible and she said um and she said, "Oh no, you, you actually sign a waiver when you when you do it, so you can't, so you can't sue him." Anyway, and I just went, Jesus. "Oh my god!" And he and, he, and then another friend of mine actually was at that. He got free tickets to it to that course that weekend. So he thought, "I'm going to go. Why, you know, just see what I can get out of it." And you know, look, I think there's some I've I've seen. I've never actually read any Anthony Robbins, so I can't really speak about his work. But I have seen a few bits and pieces that I go, "Oh, that makes a bit which, of sense." Which and one's stuff. he? He's Tony Robbins. He's a really, really big guy, dark hair. He's probably the most famous self-help sort of guy in the in the on the planet. The Power, I don't know. He's, I don't know what his course okay. is called. So he's a clean-shaven American clean-shaven, type. Like, oh my god, yeah, the jaw, the yeah. jaw on him is just amazing. You know, okay. he looks like cartoon, like with that jaw. He's just like really handsome, kind of traditionally. I don't find him handsome, but you know, traditionally yeah. what people would call handsome. Um, anyway, but he, so my other friend Tyron Park, he went along. Um, and he's got a fantastic sense of humour, Tyron. So he went and had, went for the whole weekend as well. And he said, everyone is allocated. So 2,000 people are allocated a seat in the convention centre or whatever. It's amazing, huge. There are massive big Madonna screens, you know, on the side, big massive screens. And and um, and he said on, on their weekend, which was the same weekend as this woman went, um, there was one woman who couldn't decide whether she wanted to leave her husband or not and she got up and spoke and she was very upset about it and very conflicted. Anyway, he actually didn't get her to any kind of resolution. She just she got very stuck and, anyway, she sat back down and for the rest of the weekend they used her as this kind of, as like the kind of, um, what do you call it, the, you know, um, as a sort of sacrifice for the rest of the group. Scapegoat? A scapegoat, thanks for that word. Or a whipping boy Whipping boy, both of those would work. And I'm and just your thesaurus. I know, it's appalling, <laughs> isn't it? You're seeing it in action now. Um, and uh, every time he was like, you know, you know, do you want to be stuck in a life that you don't want, like Eloise? And then they would film Eloise and her face would come up on the big screens and she'd be looking up going, and she'd be visibly upset, you know, like... Oh, why are you, you know, why are you filming me? This is horrible. And for the whole weekend, they just did that to her. So she obviously had an awful time that weekend. Didn't help her at all. And it's, and I just went, wow. So he just, obviously, he goes, well, he just made the decision that some people I'm not going to be able to help. In two thousand people, there'll be twenty percent that don't get it. We'll just use them to help the, the for the greater good. I just think that's appalling. Yeah, it's appalling. You know, yeah, yeah, it's appalling. So, so anyway, so Jan Vanderstool. In her, in her TV series that I've been writing for her with Pete, um, she does fire dancing with her students because she takes it one step further than, than, than Anthony <laughs> does fire dancing 
with the because she does it with the scouts because she's at the scout hall. That's where she's only small time. That's where she does her self help courses. And so the scout master has um has uh, he's got all the you know the scouts doing the fire and getting that sorted. And uh, and she yeah she does fire dancing. So she, that's what she wants to do with her students. Except none of the students want to do it. But but I I just think it's yeah. It's hilarious it's, and outrageous. It, it's you know. funny that you talk about um, fire walking, I find, because the, the way that it works is you walk across it quite quickly, so it actually takes a while for the pain receptors to get up to your brain anyway. So it's yes. nothing that's that impressive, which means what did they get her to do, just stand there for a while? Was she waiting for a bus on the coals? Like what? what <laughs> I is don't that? know. But I find it particularly interesting because I've got really bad feet. My family right. genetically scars very easily and we get bad calluses. And like some of my nieces have to go to a podiatrist like that's hot a lot yeah Yeah, I've got hooves that's hot I have to shave them down (laughs) and um and so I just think I'd be I'd I'd be like hopeless I would be hailed as some kind of a god oh yeah you'd be great because I can't feel anything you could do fire dancing you could actually dance across the coals (laughs) I go out the back sometimes I've got a little concrete courtyard in my house and I go to water the plants or something like that and it's you know 35 degrees and I go I'm coping quite well walking on this occasionally I go back in and put on shoes but yeah I can stick pins in my feet and just can't feel it well you'd be the poster girl for Tony For, Robbins yeah. fire-walking. Maybe yeah. I can make some money out of it. If I didn't have this damn conscience. I know, Geraldine. Tell me about it. If you didn't have such a strong conscience, just think of all of the people you could have fucked over to get to the top or, or the middle. I think I'm in the middle. I'm not sure. Anyway. That was Queenie van der Zandt. We're going to get two episodes out of her. Stay tuned for the second episode for Gillian Cosgrove and Apple, Pear, Penny, Table. I've forgotten the last one. I'm going to edit this out anyway. <laughs> Fuck. Leg up, leg up. I'm oh, in leg up. There's room for everything.